Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm very glad that you're with me today. I have a very special guest today. His name is Rob Ekno, and he does The God Show in Los Angeles. So I've done a couple of shows with my friend, now Rob Ekno, and I really appreciate his story. So I wanted to have him on for this week and next week. We're going to talk about his story and his recovery process and the whole idea of the 12-step program, because we as Christians oftentimes get confused or get, uh, what, what would I say, a little, little unsure about different processes that we, that we learn, that we hear about. We always want to make sure that they are rooted in God, truly rooted in God, and, and the recovery process that God has for his people. So Rob has a great way of looking at the 12 steps and his experience with the 12 steps. So I wanted to take some time and just delve into this and look at why this program continues to endure through almost um, 80 years now, I think. And we see it used in what we call Celebrate Recovery, which is a great program that a lot of the Christian churches around uh, the valley and all over the nation have. And that uses the 12-step program. And the idea behind the 12 steps really can be applied to just lifestyle in general. So I'm really excited to look further into these and have Rob and how inspiring his story is. So thank you, Rob, for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you back and glad to hear your great voice and what you have to offer us today. Well, thank you very much. And um, it's so funny, as I'm sitting here talking to you, there's a car in front of me that just pulled out with a bumper sticker on it that says, Trust Jesus. I love that. Uh, (laughs) I'm literally on the road in Hollywood uh, this morning chatting with you, and um, so it's a real pleasure to be here. And yeah, you know, the, the, the 12 steps have saved my life and millions of others, and if you actually go through the Bible, you'll find all 12 steps in there, and it's a very biblical program, and hence why it works. I mean, God is at the forefront of it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So kind of, can you give us your story? I mean, I, you know, I really want you to take some time because you have quite an amazing story of how God saved, redeemed, healed, and then prospered you. Well, yeah, um, several. I have twenty, a little over twenty-two years of sobriety now, and I got sober on November twenty-ninth of nineteen ninety-two, and I was homeless at the time. Um, I, uh, thanks to uh, drugs and uh, alcohol, and I was living out of the Greyhound bus station in Fort Lauderdale, and going in there, and I had a little locker that you put a dollar in every day, and uh, you left your stuff in there. So there was my worldly savings. And then you go into the shower. Uh, the shower, yeah. But the shower was the sink. <laughs> oh my goodness! In the in the in the men's room, while other men were doing their stuff, and you're sitting there trying to uh, clean yourself up so you don't smell too bad walking the streets, you know, because that's very important not to smell while you're walking on the streets. You know, you know, <laughs> it's isn't it amazing how addictions humiliate us? 
right? <laughs> they, they really do. They really do. You know, it's like we don't want to humble ourselves to God, but we'll humble, humble ourselves, humiliate ourselves with an addiction. Right. <laughs> <sighs> it's pretty insane. And, and then I got lucky and uh, uh, some friends, because I'm originally from New England, so some friends moved down there to Fort Lauderdale, and one of them didn't use his car all day and said, hey, if you want to use my car to try to find some work or something. And I got this job at uh, some type of a labor-ready place where you worked eight hours and you got $25 at the end of the day for eight hours of work. So you're out in 100-degree heat, you know, painting or digging ditches. And, you know, by the time you go to the check-cashing store and grab some uh, some chips or something to eat in a soda, and all of a sudden you made like about 17 bucks for eight hours of work. But it started me, uh, started me back on a road to recovery. And then uh, my brother... He uh, was always promoting, you know, 12 Steps is a program of attraction, not promotion technically, but my brother promoted this thing to me so well that I just had to uh, try it out. And unfortunately, after four years, my brother, the cunning, baffling, and powerful part of this, you know, an alcoholic disease, for example, um, is that uh, you never know what's going to happen if you stop the spiritual process, because this whole 12-step thing is all based on spiritual principles, and we only get a daily reprieve based on our spiritual maintenance. What do we want to do each day to get closer to God or, you know, whatever we want to believe in? I believe in God, as you know, and um, but my brother decided to drink again because he thought he was a normal guy after four years, and unfortunately at 28 years old, we buried him eight months later. So wow. that was my guide. And, uh, you know, this is this is kind of like anything else in life. And so anyways, I ended up coming out to, uh, to California, and I had no place to live, no job, knew nobody. I just showed up here, and uh, God started giving me little jobs in the car business and then some acting jobs and uh, fast-forward it. Uh, then I end up meeting a wonderful gal who has children, and I spent almost 10 years with her until two years ago, and she went in a different direction in life. and. And um, I had no clue. And then uh, something happened and my entire bank account was wiped out as well because of some stuff. And there I was just two years ago at 20 years sober. And you would think that I'd be doing all this stuff. But God had given me a radio show to do on the Internet um, that has worked out pretty well for uh, sharing miracles and testimonies. And then he sent me up to Alaska and I was thinking, boy, you know, I'm going from sunny Southern California to uh, Alaska. Boy, my life is really over. The wife's gone, the kids are gone, and the money's gone. And all of a sudden, I realized he sent me to God's country. Wow, yeah, exactly. And, oh, my gosh, one of the most amazing places. And so through that, I ended up creating some reality TV shows. And then I didn't have equipment or anything, and all of a sudden... I told God this is what I want to do, and all of a sudden somebody got me a camera, somebody gave me their laptop to use, some, and all of a sudden just... And, uh, a hel- and a helicopter, and you're all over the place. A helicopter, a float plane, I was walking <laughs> on glaciers, I was walking in ice caves, I mean, he had me all over the place, it was amazing, and two weeks ago I got to present a couple of my ideas to some top producers in Hollywood, and so we're going to take it from there and see what happens. That is really, it's amazing how God really is not bound by anything. And, you know, our humbleness and our willingness to to just go where he leads us, is, you know, it's hard when we get, kind of get entrenched in our own lives. And sometimes he has to shake us up a little bit 
to get us on on the path that he really has for us? Well, yeah, I've been shaking up quite a bit. <laughs> you know, and the thing for me, though, see, the thing about the 12 steps, and, and I know you want to get into that in a little bit, the, the one for me is the 11th step is the big one, because that's where, you know, I seek, I seek through prayer and meditation to approve my conscious contact with God as I understand Him, and, and praying for His will uh, for me, not for my will. And, you know, His will and my will, some days it matches up, and some days it doesn't, and His will always wins whether I want it to or not. And Thankfully, right? Yeah, and you know, the funny <laughs> thing is, but you hit it on the head when you opened your show and you said that, you know, people use this in all walks of life because people forget it's not about not drinking or not drugging or not uh, having, you know, excessive sex or uh, um, gambling or whatever it might be. It's about the whole program is a design for living so that you can live peacefully amongst the world and live a manageable life. And if you allow God to run the show and follow his guide, life becomes so much easier, especially uh, in the trials and tribulations time. Absolutely. You know, I think that what's hard sometimes for Christians when it comes to the 12-step program is they we, we kind of assume that everybody knows that God is the God of the world and that Jesus is the way to God. And so sometimes we can get a little put off by some of the language. And what I have found in my experience, and I'm sure you know we, you have some of the same, is that the beauty of the 12-step program is that it is such a wide entryway into knowing God in a way that, that helps humans that are anti-God to actually take a step toward God. And then God is so able to reveal himself you know, in a way that, that people can't resist him. And so it really is quite a beautiful program for people that have either, you know, turned their back on God and said, God has failed me, I don't want anything to do with him, or people that have had a really bad experience with God, you know, or with religion or other believers, you know, or people that just don't get how to even go toward God. And so it's just a wonderful um, program that helps everybody. And, you know, and then, of course, we have Christians that can be lifetime believers that use the 12-step program very effectively. So if you could, for a moment, tell us a little bit about your life prior to finding yourself in the Greyhound Station. Uh, Life before the Greyhound. (laughs) That, you know, I was running my own show, and, you know, what we learn in the 12 steps and just through the world, reading the Bible every morning, um, because that's one of my hobbies now, is that God is in charge no matter whether I want him to be or not. And it's his world. And the thing is, is that he created each of us to be amazingly special people and have a special purpose. Um, I just chose that drugs, alcohol, I had low self-esteem for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm sure uh, God wasn't all that excited about those of us who run around thinking we're not worth anything, because that's kind of an insult to him. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I always think about it, you know, if you're a parent and you know, you, you make these wonderful children, and then you give them gifts and different things, or you spend time with them, and they just don't want anything to do with you. And it's like, okay, I can only do so much, and I think that's what God was with me. But the one thing I've learned about God is that I, I used to be a big—I uh, was the number one uh, uh, disc jockey on the radio back in southern New England, and then the next thing I know— People that were coming to see me at, at, at events, signing autographs for them, were now 
picking me up and taking me to AA meetings because I was now homeless. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we're kind of winding down this this particular segment. So, I, you know, listeners, I really want to encourage you to continue with this amazing just life transformation story and how God really finds people wherever they are at and can make himself known to anybody at any station of life. And and so we're going to kind of get into some of the steps in this particular show, but we're going to finish some of um, Rob's story because I think it is so amazing to hear the highs and lows and where God has been a prevailing theme throughout his life. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with God, with uh, Conversations with Cynthia, and I appreciate you joining in the next segment. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and this is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. So you can always find me at my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com, and it is spelled differently, but it is C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T, spelled just like it sounds, Cynthia Hyatt. And if you missed any part of this show, there'll be podcasts on the site that you can um, download those and listen to them. And I have my very good friend, uh, Rob Ekno from Los Angeles, California. He has a great show out there called The God Show that I've been honored to be on a couple of times. And he just has this wonderful story of recovery and what God has done in his life and the highs and the lows that he has experienced and how God has continued to prevail in his life. So, Rob, thank you again for joining us and Kind of give us an idea of what really addictions can do to someone's life. Well, just my family alone, it's been uh, absolutely uh, insane when it comes to that. My grandmother is where I found out about it. She spent the last 10 years of her life sitting in a rocking chair in her trailer park back in Rhode Island and drank a case of beer every day. And when she died, she had no liver left in her. Uh, when they did the autopsy. And the weird part was this. I did not know this. You know, it's like any other muscle. If you don't use it, it goes away. And my aunt moved in with her not all that long before she died. And my grandmother apparently stayed alive from the beer somehow and wasn't eating. Wow. So my aunt had to take her to the hospital. She had to, My grandmother had to have surgery because her throat, like any other muscle, it collapsed because it wasn't being used. Wow. Except for basically the, you know, the liquid of the beer sliding down it, but no solid foods. So the throat collapsed. She had to have throat surgery in order to start being able to eat again. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty insane in in itself. And uh, my sister had six years of sobriety as well, and she went out after a bad relationship breakup, and she hasn't gotten back in 16 years now. And she's, she decided, this is the real insanity of it, she decided that she thought now she was only a drunk and not an alcoholic. And so she decided to get electric shock therapy up in Boston. And she went three times a week for a month and got her brain shocked and cried, right, whatever right. they do. And she went from a 42-year-old gal making a couple hundred grand a year owning her own mortgage company to walking with canes, taking about 30 medications, and she can't stop drinking. 
she's dying of liver disease, and she gets a check from Uncle Sam now, so she's permanently disabled. My goodness. So, yeah, that's some of the insanity of the stuff. And me, you know, I was flourishing along with what seemed to be a very good career in broadcasting and public relations for a couple of professional sports teams and stuff. And, my gosh, I just remember if you go on my website at com, you can get a copy of the book if you want. But there's a story in there about, you know, one Saturday morning, I, I, I was with the uh, old Arena Football League, and I was the PR guy, and I had been up all night long doing cocaine and drinking, and I showed up at a meeting with ESPN because they were broadcasting our game that night with uh, one of the top producers of all time, the guy that started Monday Night Football on you know those networks and stuff, and I'm sitting there with him and all the coaches, and I can't believe nobody said anything to me, but I got my dark glasses on. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Taken like a leaf, and, and, and these guys are just sitting there, and I went home and passed out, and I showed up like five minutes before the game that night. It was it, it, That's some of the insanity of the choices you make when you let something other than God take over your life. Wow. It, it's amazing how God can sustain us until he can deliver us, right? Oh, you know, that's the amazing thing. I share that all the time. Is to Think about it, how amazing God is, that while he loves us all so much that he gives us free will, and so he lets somebody like myself, he says, Rob, I have this amazing life plan for you if you want it, or if you think you can do better, go for it. And so I thought cocaine and alcohol and every woman in town and everything else was, was a much better choice than God. And then it was funny, one day we were at a bar in Fort Lauderdale before I had lost everything, and a guy says to the bartender, put it on Rob's tab. He has more money than God. And about three weeks later, I was homeless and walking the streets, and I heard a voice in my head one day when I was down near the beach, and God said, okay, so let's chat about now who has the most money. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how what it takes for us to come to our senses. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's really staggering. I mean, it's so exciting, though, because God really continues— to sustain you and and to really support your talents and abilities that he has you know created you to do the things that you do and in spite of the choices of our free will god continues to move us you know move us forward and and the humility piece is one of the biggest aspects of this well yeah the humbling part you know what I, I think you know the more i read the bible every day and i'm not a theologian by any ways i you know i struggle to to understand some of the stuff the newer testament obviously a little bit easier but for me, you know, I, I just realized through God, is he's got us covered, and I'm going to go through trials and tribulations. But I think what he does, he talks, he talks about in the Bible about the chosen, that he chooses certain people for some unknown reason. And it's kind of scary sometimes to think that you might be a chosen one by God. But for some unknown reason, I'm willing to share God with every Tom, Dick, and Harry under the sun and be bold about it and not shy away from it. And that's kind of what he asked us to do. Exactly. And, you know, I think I'm constantly telling clients that nobody leaves this planet without a really big story. I mean, it is just tough down here, and it is tough dealing with our, with our, our, our free will. You know, and, and so I, I remind people that, you know, I use my free will to overcome my self-will so I can do God's will. And that wow. is a battle that is brutal. Well, absolutely, and, I, and it, it just seems to me, call me crazy if you want, that's okay, but <laughs> the, more, the more I 
share about God, the more amazing stories he keeps giving me to share with people. And like Saturday night, I was out uh, with a friend who's a total non-believer, and then another friend who's a medium believer. And I said, you know, I'm just going to share a couple of stories with you guys, and you think what you want of them. And, you know, you can see their brains going like, God, how does this guy keep having these things happen to him? I don't <laughs> believe, you know, in God or anything, but it's awful weird that this guy continues to have these amazing things happen to him. And I've done it all with basically not a job in the last two years, with all my finances wiped out, the family wiped out, and God has given me greater things in the last two years because I, I and I tell people I believe it's because I share the miracles with people that God keeps providing to me and all the amazing things. And so he keeps saying, okay, if you're going to talk about it and praise me like I want you to, then I'll keep giving you. It's amazing because you really are walking out, you know, the Lord's Prayer, that you're really saying to God, you know, your will be done, not my will, but your will. So... We're kind of coming to the end of this segment, and I'm so glad, Rob, that you're with us. And I want to encourage listeners to continue to listen to the rest of the show. We're going to get into some of the 12 steps and the first, probably the first three, and how we actually apply those and why they are applicable actually to, to every human in, in whatever condition we're in, just being human. We need 12 steps to help us with this. So, Rob, as we close, could you give your information to the listeners, so how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, it's real simple. Just go on Rob Ekno, E-E-K-N-O.com, and there's a contact page on there, and there's everything you need to know about my life is on that site right there. Great. Thank you. Well, join us in the next segment. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia today. And I have with me Rob Ekno. He is all the way from Los Angeles, California. He's practically been all over the world, but he is from Los Angeles today. And he is speaking about the 12-step program and his experience with the 12-step program, how it helped him in his own, in his own life, and how God continues to show up and do great and amazing things. And if you haven't listened to the first half of this show, I really encourage you to go to CynthiaHyatt.com, and the podcasts are there, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So, Rob, thank you again for being here today, and I want to tell the listeners that you can find him at Rob Ekno, that's R-O-B-E-K-N-O.com. He also has a Facebook page because he's doing some really cool things right now. He just got back from Juneau, Alaska and did some wonderful reality TV shows that he's pitching currently in Los Angeles. So it's got some great pictures on his Facebook page. So thanks, Rob, for being here again. Well, uh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about God and, and having an opportunity to share, uh, you know, basically my experience, strength, and hope, where, you know, if one of your listeners today decides to think that maybe they have a better life waiting for them, that would be a cool thing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just I, I really want to encourage listeners to remember that God never wants us to have to bottom out, but he will go as low as we need to go to raise us up and to deliver us. So, Rob, give us, a, give us an idea. When you started with the 12-step program, you went to an AA meeting. Your brother took you to an AA meeting, correct? That's correct. And so how did you start with the program? Were you resistant to the program originally, or what, where, how did this all occur? 
Oh no, I just jumped right in. I couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were bottomed out completely. You're like, God, whatever, anything, just get me out of this. I lost everything, uh, you know, after being uh, the top. Uh, I was a Associated Press award-winning news reporter a couple of times. I was hosting a national sports show across America nightly and going and re- and uh, um, uh, interviewing, you know, Larry Bird and all these Hall of Famers that used to play for the Celtics and Red Sox and all this. And I'm at all the stuff, and on the outside, it looked really good. And on the inside, I was uh, getting drunk and stoned and driving an hour and a half home at midnight and, and, you know, after getting totally wasted and just totally stuff. It was in, it was insane. And luckily, my brother, he just kept hammering, hammering, hammering on me. And he's just such a lovable guy that I said, OK, it's my brother. I'm going to I'm going to go to make him happy. <laughs> And then I walked in and I, I saw these steps and I'm reading them and I'm like, well, wait a minute, uh, that, that, that relates to me and that relates to me and that relates to me. And so realistically, the first two years, I didn't do too much. In the first six months, I went to a lot of meetings with my brother and different stuff and had coffee with people, but I didn't do anything. I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't work the steps. I didn't do anything. And what happened was I ended up coming out to California, uh, and I was out here. And when I had two years sober, my thought process was that I would just go to church because I was now 2,500 miles away from anybody that knew me on planet Earth. They didn't know I was a drug addict, an alcoholic, homeless, all this other stuff, and that God didn't want me to drink and use. And I knew I didn't, so if I just hung out with him, and the thing about it is, is this is a spiritual program, not a religious program. And so, so make so, the distinction between that. Well, the spiritual program is my personal relationship with God. So it's not based on any religion, anything. You know, God's happy to have me go in a closet and pray to him and, and have a one-on-one conversation with him. You know, the religious aspect, I'll just, I'll tell you this. Here's the, here's the distinction that really hit me in the eyes is that in the 12-step program, the only requirement for membership to walk into those rooms is a desire to change whatever it is. If you're addicted to drinking, you don't want to drink anymore, or drugging, or over-sex, or, or gambling, whatever it might be, debtors spending too much money. So your desire is to not do the bad habits that you're doing. I went to a very, very famous church out here in Van Nuys, California, with a world-famous pastor and some world-famous musicians and all this stuff that were like, you know, the, the, the tops of the church and stuff like that, and somebody introduced me to it. One Sunday morning, it was 100 degrees outside, and I was standing there walking into the church. There was a homeless man in front of me, and he went to walk into the church. And the guy stopped him, the usher stopped him, who was greeting everybody else, and he said, Sir, you know what? I think maybe the best thing for you to do would be to wait outside until our service is over. And if possible, I'll try to get you a cup of coffee if we happen to have any left over by the end of the service. Wow. But please please wait outside. And I'm thinking to myself, here is this guy that's down and out that the Bible specifically says, you know, God says, take care of the poor and the needy. Well, you know, I have to stop you there because I I love this story and we are right here to the break. So join me again and listen to the rest of this story, which is quite amazing. This is Cynthia Hyatt 
with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. You can always find me on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And please join me and like my Facebook page on Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. And today I have with me Rob Ekno from Los Angeles, California. And we've been talking about just the 12-step program and what it means when God truly delivers us and, and the difference between a spiritual life and a religious life and doing a spiritual program versus a religious program. And so Rob was giving us this great story about, you know, him deciding to go to church and that he, that would probably be the big fix it for the addictions and the experience he had at a very renowned church. So Rob, pick it up from there. So I'm walking in and again, the usher stops the homeless guy in front of me and and suggests that he wait outside in this hundred degree heat and that if he was lucky enough at the end of the service, if anybody else didn't drink all the coffee, that he would try to help get him a cup of coffee. And, you know, that hit me between the eyeballs. I said, man, that was, that was me. I mean, I was, I was still scraping around at two years sober for, you know, money and stuff, and I, I still hadn't had money back yet, and I just happened to have gone to the Goodwill and gotten, you know, a pair of pants and a shirt. And I'm thinking, that's me, that this guy is stopping from going in there. And, and we're going into the house of God, excuse me, technically, and which should be open to anyone, you know, I mean, and that's, you know, and the funny thing is there was a, there was a song on the radio not long ago, a couple of years ago, is what if that was Jesus? Exactly, yes. And and we don't know who that guy was, but the point is, is that they have specific rules, regulations, and, and that just turned me off to the religious aspect of thing, and I realized that it wasn't going to be about what somebody on the pulpit or somebody said to me. It was going to be me building my own personal relationship with God and understanding God, as it says, as I understand Him. And I understand Him to be loving and caring, and He talks about in the Bible all the time, you know, shame on you who don't take care of the poor and the needy when you have the ability to do so. And here's a church that all they had to do was let the guy walk in the church. Exactly, exactly. Money or something. But, you know, then the sad part was is I ended up running the homeless ministry several years later when I got some sobriety, and I actually ran the homeless ministry at another tremendously famous church down in Anaheim, California. And, you know, one day somebody comes up to me and says, Rob, one of your people is on the front lawn drunk. And I said, well, you know, geez, I don't really have any people. He said, well, (laughs) no. And I said, my name is R-O-B, not G-O-D. I don't have people. I just try to do G-O-D's work that he <laughs> to do. And, and it was funny because then I found out later that the pastor of this world-famous church and this world-famous guy didn't want homeless people on his property. He was afraid they were going to steal his video cameras. Oh, my goodness. And so here's a church that could have done amazing work and helped so many people and it ended up folding and getting sold and everything else because, and I flat out told the leadership one day, you're not doing God's work, you're doing your own work. Right. You know, you're focused on the money, and you're not taking care of God's people, and if you're not doing His work, why would He want to provide for you to continue on? Well, it's really like the story, you know, where Jesus, you know, just went, just raged in the temple when they... The, the, the leaders of that church were keeping the people from coming into the temple and keeping them from getting what they needed from God. 
exactly, and that's what I witnessed, uh, you know, on on several occasions in these two like world famous churches. I mean, it was it was amazing to me. And the funny thing is, is that now that that place has gone under and was sold out, uh, several of the people who were homeless uh, continue to. It's funny how homeless people always seem to have a cell phone. I haven't figured that out. Yet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but every homeless person I know in Alaska, Hollywood, wherever has a cell phone. And yet I get calls and texts on a daily basis still three years after I'm not even involved with that from the people. And, and, and they still call me pastor, even though I was not a, technically the pastor there. Uh, but it was all about treating them with decency and respect and how Jesus was. I hugged every person that came into that place uh, every Monday. And it was funny, when I was married, the guy that actually got paid, who was the guy above me, said to my ex-wife one day, he said, boy, your husband must really stink when he comes home on Mondays. Oh, my goodness. And she said, why would that be? He said, he hugs those people. What a shame. What a shame. And I'm like, really? And so I found out that after I decided to leave and let it be uh, on them, uh, within two weeks, half the people had left. And because many of them were not coming there because they they needed the meal, they were coming there for the camaraderie, the love. Well, for the community. Exactly. And when the community, when they realized it was all just a gimmick for the church to, to try to look good, it went right by the wayside. It's really amazing. It's, it's amazing how churches, the difference between religiousness and spirituality, and, and the feeling that religious people are having that they are really doing God's work. And, you know, all of us can fall into religiosity if we're not careful and and sometimes it sneaks up on us and we don't even realize it. But I think that's why the 12 steps are such a phenomenal experience to have because it really continues to bring you down to the spiritual aspect of you being honest with God, you humbling yourself to God, you saying to Jesus, I need that freedom, I need that healing, and I need that guidance. Well, absolutely. And you know, the funny thing is, even if you're a non-believer, I said this to my friend the other night, I've known him for almost 20 years, and he's just a non-believer, no problem. I don't push anything upon him. I just share the stories of my miracles. And I always ask him, hey, you want to hear a great story? You know, and then he listens and you see it. But the, the, the point is, is that, you know, I can work these steps as much as I want. And even in the Bible, if you don't even believe in God or the Bible, doesn't it just make sense that if you took about the, the, the commandments of, you know, thou shalt honor God, took away a couple of those, but doesn't it just make sense to live our lives without murdering, without stealing, without cheating, without, you know, all these other stuff that the other uh, commandments share, and to just love thy neighbor as thyself? I mean, if, if somebody wants to say that there is no God, that's fine, but then some genius came up with this Bible and wrote down 10 amazing steps on how to live our lives. And think about it, the 12-step program, again, I share to people in the program all the time, there's only 12 simple steps you got to do. I mean, they don't make this life very complicated. We ourselves choose to complicate our life. That's exactly right. And, you know, and, and the revelation um, to the doctor that came up with this program, he, he gives credit to God. He says this came straight from God. And isn't it just like God to do the most complex problems down to the simplest form of how to heal. He's always the one that can do the shortest version. You know, where otherwise, you know, all of us clinicians, we're writing these like books that are like 100 and 500 and 600 pages long, trying to get the point across about healing. And here God says, here's 12 steps. Just follow these. 
or here's 10 steps. Here's my commandments. Live this way, and your life will go well. That's amazing. And, you know, we even read it every day. If you go into any 12-step program, they read, you know, the first thing they read, this is a simple program. And they try to remind people because people, especially people that have an addiction, they try to analyze things to death and overcomplicate things. And, you know, how am I going to do this, this, this? It's so simple if I just do the work. And I have the amount of peace and serenity I have in my life based on the amount of work that I want to do every day. So for me, the biggest step is, you know, since I know that I'm an alcoholic, I know that I'm a drug addict, since I know these things, which is the step one, my biggest thing is step 11, which is uh, seeking through prayer and meditation to approve my conscious contact with God as I understand him and pray only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. And I will tell you this, when I'm on my knees in the morning asking God that every day, and I also ask him to help keep me safe, healthy, and sober. But then I ask him for the power and the willingness and the courage and the ability to carry out his will. And it is the weirdest thing, Cynthia. I get this amazing, like, chills or vibrations through my body while I'm on my knees when I ask him that question. And That's amazing. It's like, it's like he's giving he's giving me, he said, okay, you ask, and I'm going to give you the power to carry out my will today, and he, my whole body just like shivers, you know, uh, in a good way. Right, but it's like, right. It's like, it's like only when I ask that question in my prayers. It's amazing. It, it really, truly is amazing how God will really make him, his presence known to us in so many different ways, but uniquely for us, so that you can walk out with your head held high, your shoulders back, knowing, I am going to walk out God's will today because I asked for that, and, and he heard that prayer. And, and it's amazing how, and then God opens so many doors for you during the day to share your story, to share God with, with other people, and, and to walk into different circumstances you would have never been able to find on your own. No, my life, if I told you my life over the last years, and I shared it with somebody last night, I said, if you looked at my bank account and that type of stuff, as compared to the blessings that God has given me, you would sit there and go, you would think that I had all the money in the world and all the time to just go out and play and enjoy life. And it hasn't been that way, but what it is is that God just says, you want to keep sharing about the miracles, that this is just my belief. You keep telling people every time I provide a miracle in your life, and you do it with enthusiasm, and so that's all I want is for people to know me, and you're willing to let people know who I am, so I'll give you one more. And it just keeps going on. That's amazing. You know, I want to encourage listeners to understand that the 12 steps um, are used also uh, by many Christian churches, and it's called Celebrate Recovery. And we have many of the churches here in the Valley of the Sun that do a Celebrate Recovery program. And it's a very powerful program to be a part of. It is very helpful in terms of, of just being a part of a community. It doesn't cost anything. And, and it's a wonderful way to get free of so many things, whether it be a, a true addiction to a, a substance, whether it be a, a processed addiction is what we call um, behavioral addictions like gambling and overeating and sex and, and shopping or whatever it may be. But it's a great way to deal with these things that, that so easily beset us. And, you know, if you're having an issue with anger, if you have an issue with lying, if you have an issue with timidity or self-consciousness, many of these things can really be worked out in these different 12 steps because it's just a great way to usher God into our life where we are at, where we need him 
the most. So we're kind of coming up, we're getting ready to wind this down. So Rob, I just want you to just give people an idea of how they can get a hold of you. And, um, and just listeners, just so that you know, next week we're going to be talking specifically about the 12 steps. So Rob, let people know how to get a hold of you. So you can go online at Rob com, and uh, basically my whole life is there, or you can go on Facebook.com forward slash Rob Ekno and uh, find out anything there and contact me. And, you know, I love helping people out and sharing the stories of God and all the amazing miracles that have happened in my life. Well, I think it's amazing. And, I, you know, I have read your book, so give them the title of your book again. It's called God. Bless America, and before it's too late. Yes. So basically asking God to help us before we completely fall to pieces. But I will tell you, I'm writing, the second book I'm writing is specifically all the miracles, or a good portion of them, that have happened uh, in my life. Just over the last two years, they've been so amazing, and the book is going to be called It's God, Not Coincidence. Oh, I love it. Because, you know, I, I read your first book, and I really loved it. It was a great story, and you really address so so adroitly all the, the problems that we are having in our community, in our American culture. And so I really want to encourage listeners, go to his website, check him out on Facebook, and you will love this book. And so, Rob, I'm really looking forward to the new book, and I hope to have one as soon as you finish it. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. We're going to look forward to you next week. And thank you, listeners, for being with us today as we talk about a 12-step and a spirituality issue versus a religious issue. And so if you've missed any portion of this show, I want to encourage you um, to go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A.com. H-I-E-T-T. Sorry, I forgot to tell you my last name. CynthiaHyatt.com. And also on Facebook, you can find me there with lots of motivational, inspirational things every day. That's at Cynthia Hyatt, I-N-C. In, that's I-N-C for Incorporated. Have a wonderfully blessed week, and God bless you as you go through your week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.